Good morning. It is Monday, March 30th, 7.51 a.m. I hope y'all had a good week. I know I did. Getting off to kind of a late start. Uh, got woken up by the trash collectors at around 3 this morning. But um, other than that, everything is just fine. So uh, today I wanted to talk to you guys about homeschooling. Uh, as you know, everyone is who has kids is basically homeschooling under duress right now. Um, or you know somebody who is. And it's a lot of work, isn't it? It's so much work. Um, my sister Yvonne is homeschooling her kids, and she has four kids. And plus she works full time. And the husband works full time too. Adam, so... It's, that's quite a workload on top of working full-time from home. But, of course, she's doing a great job. Um, I have some personal first-hand experience with this because I was homeschooled. I was homeschooled until the time, from the time I was five years old till I was 16 years old. And I was homeschooled for religious reasons and it's a little different than probably being forced to homeschool your children but there are some things that I learned about from living through that that I I think kind of stayed with me all my life um how to be alone <laughs> that's one of them um how to entertain yourself. That's number two. Reading a lot. <laughs> but that's kind of self-entertainment. But I guess having a longer attention span. Staying focused on something. It's number three. And four would be self-motivation. self And self-reliance. Which I think are kind of the same thing. You have to have some, some of that. Now, it doesn't mean I have all these things in spades, but it's something I learned about in homeschooling. It doesn't mean I am, I am just bursting with all of these qualities, but there are aspects of them that I apply to my life, just to be super clear. Um, but yeah, I started when I was five. My mom homeschooled all of us, and I went to a Christian kindergarten when I was four and then she pulled us pulled me out the next year so it was in the early 80s during the Reagan administration um, my parents if you guys don't know we were raised kind of like a Pentecostal style fundamental Christians and they were extremely right-wing and conservative religious as some people would say nuts you know um so even someone like ronald reagan was not conservative enough for them they would rather have like someone like pat robertson or um pat robertson or uh pat buchanan in the white house just and for those of you that don't know those guys are ultra-conservative, like, 
complete like anti-gay, anti-women, um, religious politicians. So anyway, that, that was, that was, uh, those beliefs are part of what caused my mom and dad to, um, to homeschool us. Uh, we were not vaccinated. Um, my dad believed that if you were vaccinated, then the government would have a record of you and they could insert microchips into you and that, you know, it would be easier for them to give you the mark of the beast. So yeah, that, that was, that was my upbringing. That was what I was conditioned to believe. And I believed that for most of my childhood. Um, I didn't get vaccinated, I think, until I was like 16 for something. Some things I couldn't get vaccinated for anymore. Um, so yeah, my sisters and I, uh, close to being Irish twins because we're 15 months apart. And so therefore very close in our, <clears throat> excuse me, in our reading and, and in, in our studies. And I think it was pretty ambitious of my mom to take it on. And I think if she maybe had some, maybe some more emotional support and had some, had addressed some of her mental health, then it might've been a different story that I'm telling you today. Um, there were times when it was really, really hard, you know? Um, and things that made it hard were things that were part of the homeschooling structure. It just, and plus compounded by the belief system, which, you know, you can't be friends with anyone really that's outside your church unless they are from the same type of denomination or you knew them before you joined that church, you know, <laughs> these like funny grandfather clauses. Um, no TV, no outside media, unless it's like a, a women's magazine or a conservative news magazine. Um, we listened to a lot of radio, Christian radio. So after we were, we were done with our school, um, we listened to a show that was about two hours long called Talk Back with Bob Larson. And I loved that show. I think it might have even been three hours long. Um, and my dad listened to Rush Limbaugh. But the Bob Larson show was so entertaining. He was also a conservative Christian, and he liked, he his specialty was casting out demons and exorcisms. And people would call him, and I think they were all like dr drama students and stuff, and they would pretend that they were demon-possessed, and he frickin' fell for it every time. Um, so yeah, he talked about Satanism and the devil's music and Halloween and all these things we weren't allowed to do. So that was like my closest exposure to that, you know, like secular life. Um, and then when he had the de the the demon possessed people on, I mean, even I knew like as a kid that that those people were not demon possessed. But I don't think Bob Larson knew, um, or or was just in such denial. So yeah, he sometimes he would be tormented by by the caller, 
and they would call him back and torment him again. <laughs> but I tried to get on Bob Larson at one point because I was, I don't know, I, I thought that I could maybe say hello to him and tell him how much I liked his show. Um, and I called the operator that they, they tell you to call and they were so salty. It was really funny. Um, but I was, but it got me thinking, I was like, okay, so you're demon possessed and you have the wherewithal to call this and get past the salty operator. I thought it was really funny. There's a, there's a bit of logic that you have to just throw out the window, um, in order to, to believe what's going on in the show. But that's, that's what I was raised with. I was raised to be afraid of demons that they're that the devil and and his legion were in our midst in walking the earth and i would have nightmares all you know all kidding about bob larson aside i would have nightmares about real demons and i felt like i could sense their presence in the room and i would like read a book about world war ii which i loved <clears throat> excuse me I would read a book about World War II or something, and then I'd go to bed, and I would feel that maybe Hitler was coming into the room, and I would get really, really scared. And I thought it was maybe a demonic presence that was disguising itself as Hitler to torment me and scare me. There was a lot of themes of, of spiritual torment. Um, I was often myself accused of, of being demon-possessed when I was a teenager, and it really hurt. It really hurts your feelings when somebody tells you that, and, and you, like, believe in demons. <laughs> it's really whack. Um, so, yeah, that's that's... What I'm describing, though, is a very typical experience for a, a homeschooler from my homeschool group, because a lot of a lot of the homeschoolers in my homeschool group were all fundamentalist Christians and we all believed the same way. And so I was not alone. I was not alone in this. We would talk about this kind of stuff at church or when we got together or had, you know, a little potluck. Um, so a typical day at school was spent in the basement. We had a finished basement and there was a large chalkboard and bulletin board and then a large book filled with a mix of classic and conservative literature. And then we each had our own desks and then my mom had a desk. Our lesson plan was Mennonite. So that's, for those of you guys that don't know what that is, that's, that's kind of like Amish light. Um, I think my mom got them because they were, it was a very comprehensive curriculum that was affordable. And she got them from a homeschool convention, which I loved the homeschool conventions. They were, I believe, twice a year. And all kinds of homeschoolers from all over the Midwest would come <laughs> and we would convene and I could have like sugar and stuff so it was great um, 
so we used those and school started after we did our chores which the chores were in my house it was a stressful event because my mom just had a lot of anger and it would turn into this thing that I'm not going to get into right now but it was not it was not fun so after we finished the chores then we would have devotions where my mom would read either from a devotions book. Devotions is kind of like the Christian version of meditating. So you read, read a passage that has been expounded upon from the Bible by a theologian, usually. And it's like they'll compile a book of devotions. And it'll be on one particular subject, like womanhood, Christian charm. Femininity, your reproductive mandate, why you shouldn't have sex before you're married, why we did not evolve from apes, etc., etc. So, and then we would have to sing this song, this Christian song, a hymn called Great is Thy Faithfulness, and then we would start school. Now, this is if everything ran smoothly. So then we'd like go into the basement and start our studies. And usually things would go pretty smoothly with, you know, English or reading. As I got older, I could just go down there by myself. Um, my mom had a very difficult time teaching us math. Uh, the math was very, very stressful for her and even when it got to long division, I remember her just screaming and yelling at me. And at a few points, of course, she had to hit me and, you know, toss me around because I was stupid and didn't know my long division. But I did get it. I did eventually get it uh, after one awful day when I was like eight years old. Um, but yeah, I eventually figured it out. And then any other kind of new phase of mathematics, like fractions or something like that, was pretty much the same method. Um, she eventually concluded that women aren't good at math. And I didn't need to learn anymore. So I didn't learn anymore. Uh, there was a... Um, tutor that she had come to the house when I was like 15 um, but now that I look back I think that she just wanted contact with men <laughs> she wanted a, another like male in her house or something um, he was very nice though and he helped me progress a little bit further I guess kind of like to pre-algebra so I do I do appreciate that um but yeah, math learning stopped at a pretty early age. And then from the time I was like, for the, for the time, I used pretty much the same math book for years. Uh, we were not tested on things. Uh, she started, she tested us a few, for a few years when we first started homeschooling, but then she kind of dropped off when I was about 10. Um, and so th it was really like 
like retention of knowledge could be like the things that you knew it would just have to be the only way that you knew that you knew them was to go back and read them thoroughly um but yeah her her involvement in an actual like teaching us and schooling us and spending the entire time with us in the classroom was could be sporadic at times one year she didn't teach us at all and I don't even know if how much real education I got that year I did read a lot we went to the library a lot but for some reason that year just kind of fell by the wayside and of course we got in trouble for it um but there was so there were some strange gaps in consistency in her teaching style um I was also taught that evolution was of Satan and like the evolution theory <clears throat> excuse me I've had like a little weird frog hanging out with me in my throat evolution theory was wrong um and so we were taught what was called creationism, which is basically in the beginning, the God, you know, God created the heavens and the earth. And Adam, you know, woman existed from Adam's rib, and she was not as human as, as Adam. She only existed because Adam wanted a, a partner. That's all, only her only purpose. And so science was often tied up with our religion deeply and our conditioning of the type of people that we were to become. Everything was tied up into that. Math, math don't go too far in that because you're not so good at it and women aren't good at math anyway so you know it's because you're a woman. Science, you're you know you are here as a helpmate or your future husband. God created everything only a few thousand years ago. Literature, the Bible, just kidding. But a lot of Christian books that had to kind of all be, have some sort of moralistic nature in them. Um, so it was very, and also, you know, music or anything like that was, of course, hymns and that sort of thing. We were not allowed to listen to um, secular music. Occasionally, I would be allowed to listen to the Oldie Station, which I loved. And I wanted to be an Oldies disc jockey on an Oldie Station when I grew up. I would still love that job. That would be so fun, just sitting around playing oldies all day, hanging out with other people who like oldies. I mean, that has been my dream job for a very long time, but you know how radio is now. It's changed. Um, so she'd sometimes let me listen to that. We belong to a homeschool group, and like I said, it was full of other like-minded people. Um, but we did 4-H. I did the Indiana Junior Historical Society. We volunteered at the Indianapolis Children's Museum, which was quite fun. I really enjoyed it because I could actually get away from parents and meet other kids who were not homeschooled and some who didn't even go to church. 
So that was exciting. I met people that was the first time that I was socialized around black kids, which was great. And there was a girl whose parents were from Iran, Iran. And it was really great for me because I had never met anyone who wasn't white. So that was, that was wonderful just to meet someone who was different than me in an environment that was um, nurturing and you know, uplifting to all children. So, that, so the, the Children's Museum volunteering there was my saving grace. Um, so yeah, I did, I was homeschooled with me and my sisters until I was 16, and then um, my parents split up, we moved to Texas, um, my mom put us all in a public school, and I dropped out after a few months, and went to live on my own, started supporting myself, and that's a pretty common thing that happens. Um, it was a big adjustment. <laughs> being in public school for me um I wasn't allowed to talk to boys and there were boys everywhere and so anytime one would talk to me I would just even though my parents weren't there to supervise me um it had been ingrained in me so much I would just kind of like hide away um so that was awkward <laughs> was just being a teenager is awkward and hard um I really did well in a lot of the subjects, except math, because I had very little knowledge of math. <laughs> um, I did pretty well in there. I dropped out because I did a test out of math, and it would have helped me back. And things at home were really, really bad by then. And I needed to just get away from... I needed to get away from my mom. It was getting dangerous. So yeah, that's my story of homeschooling. That's my experience with homeschooling. Um, it's a pretty common experience, um, even though it might seem, some parts seem kind of weird to others. But that's like in a nutshell what it was like. I tried to condense it. Um, if there's anything that I can tell you, tell you guys who are homeschooling out there, take it slow. You are not going to push your kid through to Harvard in the next few months. This is an interim floating thing. If you are feeling frustrated, just walk away. I know that's like, oh, I already know that, but it's a different level of frustration. And even though you may not be grappling with a mental illness, I hope not for your own sake, um, because it's very, it seems like it's very, very um, uncomfortable, <laughs> to say the least. Um, even if you're not gra grappling with the kind of issues my mom had, frustration still exists. Kids can still be very challenging, and not having any other contact with grown-ups and kids being your only contact can be a strain on anyone. Um, so take lots of breaks. And remember, you've got all day to do it. No one's going anywhere. So just take your time and test them. That's the most important thing, I think. If if I had had more testing, 
I think I could have gotten a lot more out of homeschooling. Um, testing is super, super important. It gives kids a time frame to work towards, and it's just, it's something that lets a kid know where they're at with their schooling. It's really important. So I'm sure those are things that you guys are already thought of, um, but it's something that I went without. And yeah, now that there's computers and everything, people can get on Zoom and talk to other kids and don't limit their <laughs> don't limit their choices of what they can listen to provide freedom for them in ways that homeschooling has taken away in the interim but then also you can take advantage of all the good things about homeschooling you know increased focus um longer attention spans um the time to explore and to learn the things, the subjects which interest you the most. And if your kid is not excelling in one subject, just accept it and be extra patient with them because they're just kids. All right, I gotta get started on my shipping. Um, I actually have it packed. I just have to sling it off to the PO. Um, I got a printer and a scale, like a postal scale. So yeah, I shipped from home today, uh, two days ago, but I'm dropping it off today. So feeling very sophisticated. Um, but yeah, I wanted to tell you guys some recommendations I have. Uh, we all watched The Tiger King. It was great. So I'm not going to be redundant and, and recommend that. Everyone's watched it, um, but there is there are two shows um, about Hasidic Jews that are on Netflix, and actually, um, I don't know why, but I'm kind of obsessed. I I'm fascinated by the culture of Hasidic Jews and of their life and there's some things I can relate to from being homeschooled because we definitely had to dress very modestly um, we were very sheltered and it was religion 24 7 so I can relate to a lot of the stuff from the lifestyle and also the way they viewed women was basically how I was raised to perceive myself as just like my future would be to make babies um, and to get married um, and, and switch the order. <laughs> um, but the first one I'd like to recommend is currently trending on Netflix, and it's called Unorthodox. And I forget the name of the young woman who stars in it, but she's a tiny little thing. And it's about a about her character's um, es escape from her Hasidic community in New York and it's very very touching it's four episodes and then there's another show that that she also is one of the stars in that came out I think in 2015 or something called Stiesel and both shows have a lot of Yiddish in them Unorthodox has some Yiddish but Stiesel is entirely in Yiddish and it's amazing not like I speak Yiddish, but it's just cool, you know. Um, 
And Stiesel is about this really handsome man that looks like Paul Newman. That is also a Hasidic Jew. And he lives in Israel with his family. And it's a, it's basically a, a Yiddish soap opera. And it is so engrossing. Stiesel. There's two seasons of it. It's filmed in Israel. Um, both shows are very authentic representations of Hasidic life. I, I love those two shows. I think I'm going to rewatch both of them because I like them that much. Um, so yeah, that, those are my two top picks this week. So I hope y'all have a great week. I think that each week is going to be really good. Um, just keep yourself busy if you can. And remember, you're not alone in this. We're all going to get through this. We are all deeply connected to each other. So remember that we have a deep connection. And I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.